Once upon a time in a magical land of make-believe and mystery, there were two girls who dreamed that one day the stories they read in books would come to life. They often wondered what it would be like to see characters from those books live in their world and even interact with characters from other books. Those dreams have come true and those girls are now grown, but their imaginations are still filled with the magic of childhood and every week they like to take an adventure beyond Storybrooke. Welcome to Beyond Storybrooke. I'm Trina. And I'm Addie. And we're here to discuss Season 4, Season Premiere, The Tale of Two Sisters. Which aired on September 28, 2014. And we're going to kick this show off with a few shout-outs first. Yes, we want to really thank everybody who has tuned in so far from really Episode 0. And that was just doing a quick recap on Season 3, analyzing what's to come with Frozen in the mix. So we want to first thank a couple of people that we love um, truly who follow us on Facebook and we know personally and some fans who are already tuned into the podcast. First off, Lady Ariel from iTunes Reviews. She left, she left us a rating and review. So did Exit Coach. So these are these are nicknames on iTunes. So uh, bear with me. There's one for Bonnie Cribs. He's a uh, Once Upon a Time Huge fan of Disney and the whole storyline that Once Upon a Time has been giving for the last couple of years. Taylor White, Michael, Mad Dad 33. He's probably not mad if he's watching Once Upon a Time. So, uh, And then Marcos and then Sean and Kaylee. Thank you so much for tuning into the show, giving us your feedback, leaving us a rating and review. Taking the time to do that really just makes our hearts warm. Yeah, thank you so much. And we're here for you and... Join us on Facebook. There's Twitter. Uh, you can join us on the website as well. And all of the links for all of this outlets really is at beyondstorybrook.com. There you'll have links to Facebook, to Twitter, to how to join us on the conversation here, how you can become a guest host with us where you're pretty much the third person here talking and discussing whatever you want when it comes to Once Upon a Time. So head over to storybrook.com. And before we dig deep into this episode, let's do a rewind. All right, just a quick recap of last night's episode. So we see that Elsa has arrived in Storybrooke and no one knows who she is. And we finally see Robin Hood caught in a love triangle between Maid Marian and Regina. And there he ultimately chooses Maid Marian, which sends Regina to her dark side. Regina does go to an old friend, the Mirror, Sydney, and seeks his help to try to get her happy ending. Everyone is also trying to stick up for Regina to prove that she's no longer evil. And she does actually end up saving everybody from Elsa's snow monster. Uh, we also see Rumple and Belle on their honeymoon. And Rumple visits Neil's grave where he vows to be good again. And lastly, we see a little bit of Hook and Emma's relationship, but it's kind of at a standstill because, you know, she's still trying to figure things out. And that's pretty much what happened in a nutshell on this episode. That's a pretty good recap. Um, that's one thing we won't do on the show is pretty much go point by point on what happened on the show. If you're a fan, you're watching the show. We don't need to recap every single little thing. We're just going to dive into certain topics that we want to discuss. Pretty much like what I'm always talking to Trina about is, hey, where's this? And uh, do you think this is going to happen? Or what do you think that means? That's pretty much what the show is all about. 
we're not going to recap. If you wanted to recap, then you can just watch the show and have that review. But here, we just dive in deep. So what are we digging in deep first, Trina? So I noticed on this episode that everybody has their own sense of right, or own sense of justice. And we see that with a lot of the characters, Robin Hood, Rumpelstiltskin, Regina, and even Elsa and Anna. What do you want to, who do you want to d- dig into first, Addie? Let's dig into Rumpel because he has, I mean, if anybody, to me, the, the two main characters of Once Upon a Time that are so deep in history and deep with the background of who they are now, it, it comes down to two people for me, at least, Regina and Rumpel. So let's go ahead and dive deep into Rumpel's storyline in this episode. So we see Rumpel visit, you know, Neil's grave and there he vows to be good again. But there's always that thing where he thinks, you know, if if justice is is due to him or he thinks something is right, he's going to go against being quote unquote good and do it for, you know, the greater good, I suppose. So in his eyes, like when he killed, quote unquote killed, because I kind of still don't think the Wicked Witch is is dead, went to go kill her. It was because it was out of revenge, out of all the stuff that she put him through and his son. I mean, if you really think about it, she ultimately was the one who killed his son. Yeah, she did. And that's what he says as he's leaving. He's touching the grave and says, I'm going to spend the rest of my life repaying you for what you did. Because he is the hero. He, he was the hero. That's why uh, Charming and Snow, they named their baby after him because he's seen as a hero now what he did for them. So you have Rumple. It's kind of out of guilt and regret. He didn't, first of all, let's go back uh, to the beginning of, of this story. He didn't follow Neil into the real world when he had the chance. So he already missed out on so much of his son's life. He felt like he had to already pay him back because he felt like a coward, just like his dad was. So now he, his son is the hero of the picture so he still kind of feels like I, I need to do something more to show that I truly loved you. So I, I think that's what Rumpel's dealing with at this point. And he wants to give his true love and true honest and, and trust to Belle. So he even freezes Belle and, and pretty much says, you know, I'm doing the switch now. But I, I think we've always seen Rumpel have this teeter-totter between good and bad. Revenge over justice because revenge isn't good. No, no matter what light that you put it, revenge is never the answer. I think Snow is pretty famous for that. She, she doesn't care who it is. I think this came up with Regina's mom. She didn't want to kill her. That's right. But she did out of, out of, I think she did it out of saving everybody. Oh, that's right. Because she was, well, the true evil they say was her mom and they were all scared of her. And she ended up, that's right. I remember now. Refresh your yeah. memory there. But with Rumple, though, don't you think it's his struggles more about, yes, revenge, but also about power? And yeah. that's why he didn't follow Neil into that portal. That's to true. To begin with, he's addicted to his power, to this evil power from the beginning and even till now. And that's something that I want to bring up later on is in regard to the hat, but I won't touch on that now. But his power is connected to that sword. That sword, he's just. He cringes because he doesn't want to let go of it. But he says, you know what? I trust Belle with it. But really, Belle is kind of an easygoing person, is not a tough, loving person. 
So I think he still feels like, even though she has it, it's always going to be in my possession. Oh, yeah. Well, I agree with that because she wouldn't, she wouldn't use that dagger for good unless, or for evil, I'm sorry, unless somebody were to get their hands on it. So he feels like it's safe with her, but... It's always within reach. It is always within reach, which is, in his eyes, a good thing because he can get to it anytime he wants to and mm-hmm. do whatever he needs to do. I wonder, is there a curse you can put on the sword so it disables any power over him? Is there such thing as that? The only way his name is not on that sword is if some if uh, somebody kills him. Yeah, somebody kills him, and then he they become the dark lo- the dark one. But He's- of course, he doesn't want to die. So a touching moment with Rumple and Belle. You know, they're on their honeymoon and they go to this house and they have that Beauty and the Beast moment. And I, for one, was wondering when that was going to happen. It's been a long time coming. And it's, I'm so happy that they saved it for this moment that they got married. Exactly. This is their, you know, moment of happiness, their true love. And here they are dancing. And you hear that nice music that we all heard when we were kids. (laughs) Beauty. (laughs) All they needed was the Mrs. The Chip and Mrs. Yeah. uh, Oh, what's that? That tea kettle's name. And the candle. Ah. Yes. Those are very cute. I'm I'm just really happy. I like the whole scene. They're in their big house, which is not theirs. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But here's this big scene. Belle has that beautiful dress. Looks looks amazing in it. So they finally have their moment. I think a lot of people got teary-eyed around that moment. So they're in this house. Whose house is that? Yeah, you are the one who pointed this out because I didn't really, I didn't really catch that that this house appeared out of nowhere. They don't know whose house this is, and the first time when the curse happened, when Regina set the curse, that house was not there. That's what Belle tells Rumple when Rumple's like, "Well, whose place is that though?" And she said, "Well, it appeared the second time we came back, I guess from Enchanted Forest, but in the past when they were kind of confused on who they were. So when they got back." That house appeared and she said, well, this is our honeymoon. <laughs> Let's celebrate. Let's go, um, I don't know, crash someone's house and stay there for a while, which looks very much like their own house, I would think. That was my first instinct. Well, that's their house. Yeah. So they belong there. I think so. But it's just interesting. Whose house is that with all these intricate little statues, pictures, which if you kind of play close attention I think there's key answers in what's in that house because there's a couple times where you see a statue of a head. I don't know who it is. Maybe somebody knows what it is, but I keep I kept looking and I think that was intentional for the director to always have that in the scenes while they were in the house. So something about that statue with the head, uh, something about a picture painting that they kept showing. These are little key things. Obviously, the little... Um, it kind of looked like a little circle jewelry box with stars on top, which turns into the hat. And it two things, you know, whose house is it? Why did that person have the possession of that thing that turns into a hat? Yeah, that is the sorcerer's hat. Is that Walt Disney's home? Is that is that pretty much where they're at? <laughs> so with wrapping up Rumpel's deep dive here is that We see him struggling. What's really in store for him? Can he be a good person? Can he relax for a little bit? Can he be a normal husband? Well, that is a good question. I mean, he that that dagger is his power and he's obsessed with power. And if anything gets in the way of him losing any kind of control or power, he does turn to the darker side. 
So can he be a good husband? Yes, because I think he truly loves Belle. But if something were to take away his power or threaten him in any way, well, he's not afraid to go to the other side and make sure that it's taken care of. When we've seen that in past episodes. All right. Who's next on the deep dive? Let's go to the love triangle. Let's go with Robin Hood and Maid Marian and Regina. That's quite a love triangle. And you know what's funny is that you want to root for true love, right? But then you're here in a dilemma where you finally see Regina experiencing the love she deserves. She, everybody's rooting for her, I believe. If you've been watching this show for quite a while, it's kind of odd that you're finally on her side because you see the true Regina because she's put her walls down and, and all in the faith of love and and just being there for everybody. It started with Henry. Henry was key to put that big wall down. And then she's finally giving in to love. And here she is with Robin, that wall's down. But then, you know, Emma brings the past into the present. And now the love story is a sad story because it's now interrupted. And, and I think um, the directors or the writers, creators said this in the episode before that was being shown. And they said, Emma interrupts destiny. That's uh-huh. a very strong line that they mentioned there. And I totally agree. She did interrupt destiny because let's go back to Tinkerbell. I think this is what season two, two and a half, somewhere around there. They're explaining Regina's story. They go to that back scene in history where Tinkerbell says, you know, I believe in you. You are a good person. I know who you are better than you. And you're meant to have an experience, true love. That is your true love, the guy with the dragon tattoo. So it's kind of odd that now this has all happened. It's switched, and that's the big dilemma. You want to root for Robin and Regina to stay together, but then you're really rooting for for Robin's family to break up because he has a kid. Calling him mama, you know, <laughs> comes into the scene, and that's that's it's kind of. I don't know. It's really hard, I think, to say, you know, just leave her for Regina. Who cares? Because that's not your true love. But it's <laughs> it was his true love. He was married to her. Well, that begs the question. When Tinkerbell saw him, was Marion already out of the picture? Oh, good question. I don't, I don't know. But no, I think she was really young. Yeah, so the- eventually they should be ending up together, regardless of what Emma interrupted. So it's the... The all-time saying, if it's meant to be, it will happen. Right. It, it, you know, there's the, the end point. Mm-hmm. No matter how, you know, you may take a million ways or steps to get to that end point, depending on what happens, the, tr- the end result is going to be the same. Whether or not she made Marion live or died, I think the end result is still going to be the same. Destiny is destiny. Destiny is destiny. So this was what I was thinking, though. Uh, going back to history— uh, again, going back to Tinkerbell, that very same conversation. She goes into the bar, but chickens out because she felt she wasn't ready. Again, we're dealing with a very troubled Regina in that time. Even that alone, her the one she did love got killed by her mom. Mm-hmm. And then she was forced to get married to Snow's dad, mm-hmm. right? So once all this was really kind of hitting her, Tinkerbell's like, no, you're meant for love. This is your true love. Go get him. She chickened out. So what? let's say that she actually went for 
Robin, all of this drama would have never existed. Think about it. Her whole hatred, her whole evilness stems from uh, Snow ratting on her and taking the love of her life. But if Robin is her true love, there would have been no evil queen to begin with because she would have been happily, happily in love with Robin from the beginning. But because she chickened out, she had strong walls up. She did not want to give in to love. She she was so insecure that she felt she had to protect herself. She stole her own destiny away. But maybe that wasn't the time for them to meet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that could be it too. Why she chickened out and everything had to unfold. Because what if, you're right, what if she did meet him and... She didn't have any revenge towards Snow. Would Snow have met Charming? They no. wouldn't have ended up in... Um, yeah, that's she true. She wouldn't have been on the run. They wouldn't have met. There would be no savior. You know, it would be a whole different storyline. It'd be a, no story. No beyond storybook, really. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's interesting that it's it's always Regina. She has a complicated love life. And it's always with the guy who... You know, she never really wanted to be in royalty. It, it was forced upon by her mom because uh, I believe Daniel, her first love, mm-hmm. he was just, I don't know if it was a stable boy. He was or, a normal stable boy. Yeah, he boy. was a normal stable boy. And then you have Robin Hood. He's just, you know, like a nomad, you know, the Prince of Thieves. The evilness stems from her mom, guaranteed. That's Her mom was an evil witch, maybe not one to the main public, but she's always been an evil crazy lady and she put that on her daughter and who comes in the mix is it's rumpled to also activate that evilness show her hey i see that hatred that you have magic all stems from emotion let's activate that emotion into evil powers so all of all of this complication is really regina facing what she wants to be with what's more convenient for her. And it's more like the evilness is convenient for her because she will get her way. But in the end, it's she gets her way temporarily. That's why they, they're always reminding us on this show, magic always has a price. It's true. But we've seen with magic, with especially with Regina, she could use it for good. She could, like we saw in this episode. Mm-hmm. Did you think she was going to kill Marianne? I think it was too soon. I think that's her... My first thought was that's her way of saying, you know what, amends. Like, you're back. I'm not as evil as you thought I was. Yeah, she called her a monster in front of everybody. Right, which everybody was trying to stick up for her. I don't really agree with that. You said that in your your recap, and this is something that kind of disappoints me for Regina, is that, okay, you do have... Emma in the beginning, no, 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 she's a good, she's good, right? And then you have, when that first scene comes out, she walks out of the restaurant and you have Charming and Snow saying, oh, what's wrong? What's going on here? And then even Marianne's like, why are you guys talking to her? Soon after that scene, it's like they doubt who Regina is. Even Henry, Henry's like, do you think she's going to go back to evil? Like, come on, dude, you love her so much. Why would you even inflict that thought? And then ever since he said that, you have... Emma kind of back talking back to her, like, well, you're the one who killed her. It's like, stop it. It's like they themselves are so contradicting to their actions and their <laughs> words. And that's what made me upset. It's like, come on, you guys. You guys are supposed to show her that love. 
and Emma tries to go after her, but then Hook's like, no, a woman like that needs to give her give her some space. So it's like, ugh, you guys, you just stick together. Stop giving this, you know, well, she was always evil, so maybe she is going to go back to evilness. So her, in her downtime alone, what is she doing with that? It's like, That's true, though. Do you think they ever would think to themselves, you know what, maybe what I'm doing is making her evil. Like me, you know, would they ever think what I'm doing, me alienating her is causing her to be so dark and so evil. And Henry should know better because Henry, I mean, he's seen it. His, his, her love for Henry is kind of like kryptonite for her. She, she goes to the good side, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, she doesn't think about the dark side when Henry's around. This happened in the, the end of season two and beginning of season three she was becoming a good person, but they just would not believe in her. So she just that. said, pretty much, screw you guys. No matter what I do, no matter how hard I try to be with you guys, you guys make me into this mold of hatred and, and envy and just rage of anger. So it's, this episode reminded me of all of that. It's like, come on, you guys. <laughs> if you guys want her to be good, take her under your wing. Show her that. Stop saying all these things in front of her. You feel bad for her. I've always, like I said, I've, she was my favorite character from the get-go. She's a pretty badass actress, She's too. She's badass, yeah. But let's go real quick. Let's wrap up Robin Hood because his he does tell Regina that he does love her, but he kept a vow. So is he staying with Maine Marion out of obligation? Or because, you know, thinking back, you know, there's no divorce. I mean, now today, modern day, we think, oh, just have a get a divorce. But at the same time, he's like, it was till death do us part. So I'm staying with her. It's really tough because he did love her. He did love his wife. And we see that in a couple scenes, I think, when we were first introduced to Robin with his son, right? Uh, I don't I think it was, who was it who was threatening his kid? I think it was Rumpel. Mm-hmm. Rumpel was threatening him, but he was, you, you see a very weak Robin at that point. Here he, he, he's a married man who was separated from his wife because of death. So he was much, very much in love with his wife. And so he th- he thinks, you know, well, okay, she's dead. I, I do have a chance at being in love again. And this is with Regina. But hey, dead wife is back. <laughs> it's like, you can't just say, well, you know, I'm over you, you. You know, how do you think your feelings would be if that happened to you? Right. Again, it's, you know, Robin Hood is stuck between an old, old time flame, modern day love. What are you going to pick? Well picked. All right, so we were talking about Regina. So let's go a little bit further into her. So we've been talking about Robin Hood and Regina. So let's let's look at Regina for a moment. In this whole, if you think about it in a big picture, it's a little, it's quite of a stretch. But in this episode, we have Frozen coming in, but then you have Regina. It's very much Regina and new character. And... Regina wants to go back to evil. This is her struggle in the whole episode is, you know, I'm just going to revert back to what I know best to get my way. And that's with evil. So let me go get Sydney out of the asylum. We haven't seen him for quite some time. Yes, I forgot about him. And when I saw him, I was like, oh, man, she's back. <laughs> yeah. So and I, I, he said exactly what I was thinking. Like, what? where does he come into play for all of this? Well, pretty much... She wants to look back into the future or back into the past and try to do exactly what Emma did, 
but take that whole piece away where she doesn't come back. Marion doesn't come back. She wants to take that all away. And then she even goes so far to say, well, the book has always been against all evil. This is not just her. She's standing up for every wicked villain. witch. Every villain. every villain that they've come across, she's noticed they they do not have a happy ending. So why do Charming, why does Snow, why does Emma, why does Henry, why does everybody but them have the happy ending? And she brings up a good point because every person, there's always a lighter side to them. We had uh, Zelina, who you kind of understand, you know, why she turned that way. She had a chance of becoming good, but she chose the bad, right? But we have Regina saying, well, they wouldn't have to choose bad if they had a happy ending. That's true, but do some of them really deserve a happy ending? It gets complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. It's complicated, as, as with all things. I mean, yes, everybody deserves a happy ending in life, in general, you know, whatever. But Don't always get what you want. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it, it, but then who's to say what's good, what's bad? So... When she said that, I was like, that is true. But what's a story without a villain? Yeah, that's what it's all about. (laughs) Okay, so what I want to dive in here is that the mirror stands for two things in this whole story for, for me in this episode. You have, it represents Regina looking at herself and really inside herself is evil. And she wants to use those power for her own personal justice, kind of tied with really similar to Rumpel. But... It also, to me, it symbolizes, and you kind of see this more at the end. It ties all together in the end pretty nicely. We're introduced to Elsa and Anna from Frozen. If you haven't seen the movie, you need to see it. (laughs) Because there's some people that are lost, and it's like, well, you would have seen the movie. (laughs) Watch the movie. Anyways, you have that storyline, Elsa and Anna. Then you have Regina who's really tied, connected with Emma because all of this drama that's happening with Regina would have never happened if Emma didn't mess up with Destiny. And this is brought before the season started. In season three, it happened. She said it, and then it happened again in this season. She says she's always acting without thinking. And then that's echoed with Elsa and Anna. Elsa says that about Anna. Anna always does things without thinking. (laughs) She means good. But she always ends up screwing something up because (laughs) she didn't think too much. So I think that mirror represents a very splitting image of Regina and Anna. See, I'm messing them up already. (laughs) Regina and Emma and Elsa and Anna. That's a good good analogy. I never saw it that way and never connected it like that. Because when when you see, when I think of Regina and Emma, you automatically think evil and good. Mm-hmm. But you think of Elsa and Anna, and they're sisters that love each other. You know, they're looking, they're looking out for each other. And I think, you know, when when they had that split, I think you mentioned too, they had that split uh, when you see Emma on one side of the door and you see Regina on the other side of the door, and it's all dark on Regina's side and it's all light on Emma's side. So you kind of automatically think good and bad. Yeah, and then but again, mirroring off of Elsa and Anna. That's a story of misunderstanding. That's a story of of not really seeing what's really there and, and letting your emotions take over. 
And that's what's happening with Regina. She's letting her emotions take over the good that's in her. So we see that, and they, they kind of help you through this episode. Um, they're really good for doing that. If, you, if you've seen Lost, you, you understand how these <laughs> uh-huh. directors and writers work. But y- you see this throughout the episode. You have that resounding, always acting without thinking, and then the good and, and the bad. But she has heart. She's there. I know the true person is in there. That's the same thing with Elsa. So it's a, that's what that mirror represented for me throughout this episode. Like there's, there's more to that mirror symbolizing that, Hey, that's a splitting image of, of those two. And you, you know, what's interesting. No one has seen Elsa yet. Not even, uh, what is grumpy? No, grumpy didn't even get to see who it was. That's right. They just think it's some snow monster. Nobody knows who she, nobody's seen her or, or knows who she is at all. No. And you know what's one question, too, that wasn't, we'll probably find this out later, but all of a sudden the snowman turns to the forest. What was the reason behind that? I thought the snowman was following everybody because they were all running, running away from him. No, all of a sudden he started heading towards the forest. He was in the, the town and decided to turn for the forest. Something had happened. I thought it was because maybe the house is connected to Elsa's and Anna's parents. That's what oh, I thought. That would explain a lot of the trinkets there. Yeah. So the snowman, if you've seen Frozen, that's pretty much Elsa's guard. That's her wall. She has a literal wall so that nobody finds her. Ice wall. So in that sense, I can see what you're saying where it kind of Regina and Emma, Anna and Elsa are similar so in that sense, Elsa being Regina has a literal wall, whereas Regina puts up that wall. So we do get a little bit of a, a flashback, too, of what happened to Elsa and Anna's parents. But we don't know fully yet what it is. Uh, they're caught in a storm on a ship, and you're assuming it's their own ship. And the mom is writing, a, you know, wants to write a little message in a bottle saying they have to know the truth. And that's one of the things that we're probably going to see later on in the season is what is this truth? Because they find the diary and we don't even know what was written in the diary. That's what triggers Elsa to yet again get sad, get scared. Her snowflakes start surrounding her. So that's what sets it off. But there's truth to what has happened to her parents. And this is really interesting when Kristoff said, oh, well, your sister went off to so-and-such place. And she says, why haven't I heard of that place? Well, you might know it as the Enchanted Forest. So is it that connected where they're in the same dimension, just miles away? <laughs> right. Like we know there's so many other dimensions and portals that you could go through, like with Wonderland and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So my initial thought was, According to the diary, they did say that they were they felt scared of Elsa and they didn't know what to do and they had to go to Miss Haven. That's that's what I got, which is the Enchanted Forest. So I'm thinking they were trying to go to the Enchanted Forest to find a spell of some sort, maybe find Rumple and and cure Elsa of this power or what what have you. But along the way, their ship, you know, looks like it's in turmoil because of the storm. But a part of me really wants to think <laughs> that it was probably Captain Hook. Taking it over. So I, I did rewatch the beginning and it was the storm, the storm that killed them. It was the yeah, storm? Yeah. Are you sure? I did. <laughs> Unless, you know, Hook, we had, don't know. Hook doesn't have the magic powers to 
start a, a strong storm to take anybody over. But so they he did could make a ship fly. But yeah, <laughs> if you watch if you watch how the episode opened, it was taken over by the storm, and that's how they died. But they were able to still throw the bottle in, in hopes that it gets to them at some point. So I think that we're going to see that bottle maybe somewhere in the middle of the season at the end. Who knows? So what do you think the truth could be then that they're, that they need to get to their daughters? I really don't know. Maybe um, they had made a deal with Rumple to begin with. And maybe the deal was that when they have their first kid, the kid will have a certain power something along those lines and they wanted to undo that power. And that's why they were going to go and visit Rumble and the enchanted forest. Cause that's where Rumble is from. So I don't, I don't know. And, and one thing that kind of stood out was her sister's necklace ends up in Mr. Gold's shop. So how did that end up there? That's right. And we still don't know where Anna's at. She's missing. That's the whole purpose. Why Elsa is in storybook to try to find her sister. And it seems like she's been missing for a while. Right. We're only seeing it as a fresh story, but it seems like she's been missing for quite some time. So much to have her sister's necklace and gold shop. So it's like, well, there's some pretty hefty time passing there. Again, another another connection going back to Rumples, Rumple. So it has he has to be there has to be something. The purpose of the parents going to the Enchanted Forest was probably to see him, or Anna got lost. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I guess we'll wait and see. So far in this season, the first episode, there is no evil no, villain yet. No clear villain because, you know, Elsa could be the villain. Regina could be the villain, but there's no clear villain. Anybody could be the villain at this point to get whatever they need or want. That's what it's going to come down to. Who Who wants to budge in order to get their way? In this episode, there are two game changers. Oh, what? We have Regina's new plan of not going back into the past to change it, but to find the writer of the book so they can change the story of the villains. I I think that's weird. Yeah, to me, I think this book is supposed to be a magical book. A book where... There is no writer. It's like a book of faith. Yeah, it's 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 just there. And whatever happens in the book is, you know, going to happen. But I, yeah, that is weird to find the writer because in my eyes, it's like a book of fate. You know, what's going to happen is in that book. But at the same time, we've seen it doesn't really tell the future. You kind of see it, things have already happened, which is why it's in the book. If something changes, then the book changes. Right. But then there's destiny. But that's what I'm thinking. That book is like the book of destiny or fate. Yeah, I don't I don't know this whole theory that there is somebody behind the book. I think that takes away the magic that we all look forward to. Yes. So, you know, I don't I don't know. I hope I don't know. I hope there nothing weird comes out of this, but I, I think that is a big game changer because no one really said, Well, screw this whole storyline. I'm tired of living this way. I'm gonna change how things are done and that goes to the book because the book has always been there for answers for questions for future it's like their little crystal ball so what also surprises me is that regina kind of has her own book and that is the mirror 
So why why can't she really? Uh, well, that's why she's using Sydney. Okay. So I don't know. What's the other game changer? The sorcerer's hat. <coughs> so I don't know nothing. Nothing. Just that Mickey Mouse is we're always wearing that hat when it goes to Disneyland. So that's all I know. So from what I understand, and for from what I've seen with Fantasia, this hat is from what I understand, and I could be wrong. If you're wearing it, you can any magic is possible. You can do anything. So this is like Rumple's version of his, it's pretty much the version of version of his sword. So now he's going to be very powerful with having the hat and the sword. Right, except for the 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 sword anybody could have and have control over Rumple, whereas the hat whoever owns it is the magical sorceress being. So what happens if Rumple puts it on? He'll be one powerful person. I mean, I think he would have all the magic. Yeah. He I, would be tough to beat, that's for sure. And a part of me thinks maybe the hat is a second portal. Just like the Wonderland hat. Just Mr. like yeah, just like the Mad Hatter's hat. Mm-hmm. It could be a another dimension it takes them to. His sword was able to unlock that. So was it was it none of Mr. Rumple's business to use his sword in that moment? When Rumple first saw it, though, I think he knew what it was. Didn't you get that impression? He was kind of like, home. He, you kind of saw the it wheels turning. It called his attention. I think it, it, there, he has a certain instinct that something means something. So when he saw that, it, it did strike that curiosity. Like, I, I need to look into this. But what makes me wonder is, like, why doesn't he share that moment with, with uh, Belle? Why does it have to be a secret? Probably because he knows what it is and what that power entails. That's my only guess. Otherwise, he would have opened that thing up with her. But there's nothing. Yeah, well, we don't know. It's a, it is a game changer. What is there to come with that hat? With that hat. And, and with, Regina trying to change and find the, the writer somewhere in some log, uh, cabin log writing the, the whole story. <laughs> there is no writer. It's a magic book. <laughs> Don't take away the magic. Yeah. So before we leave, how did you like the new season? I liked it. I think it was a good start to a new season. It invoked a lot of emotions in me. And if that happens, then I, I think we're off to a good start. <laughs> Where, whereas, you know, there's a couple, um, there's Facebook groups and stuff talking about the new season and talking about continuity and the graphics and really enjoy the show. I know there's certain things that can probably pop out here and there, but the actors um, from the way Regina's is now changing. So well done. Emma is a total new character. She's not the old Emma anymore. Whole different person. And you see that in the actions and her emotions throughout this episode. Whole different person. Same thing with Elsa and Anna. I think they casted them really good. Um, they are maybe a little older than the story, the actual story. But I think it goes perfect with this whole cast and this whole storyline. Years have passed. So that's one thing people don't understand. It's like, well, they seem a little older than the actual Frozen story. Um, yeah, if you saw the beginning of the episode, it said five years later. <laughs> so years passed. They're, yes, they're grown up. And we we really liked... When they showed the, what is it? Not the troll. Is it trolls? Yeah, the little trolls. Stone trolls. The stone trolls. The graphics on that were amazing. 
compared to a lot of other graphics throughout this, not even episode, but other past seasons, the graphics sometimes are a little wonky. <laughs> but here we have this CGI character so well done. I think they did perfect. Even the the whole transition of giving the book back, it was a diary, right? Yep. The, the troll gives back the diary to Elsa. That was It wasn't fake at all. I really liked that. I agree. When I saw that, I was like, whoa, stepping it up with the graphics. But then again, when you see them in Arendelle, you're like, what the heck? You could totally tell that's a green screen. Yeah. Yeah. Really cheap. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, I think they spent their budget on the stone troll. It was really good. What's your take? I mean, I enjoyed this first episode as well. And like you said, if it, it invokes kind of some kind of thought. And all throughout the episode, I said, what if... Oh, what if, oh, that's how it connects. Oh my gosh, that happened. Oh, look, it's a sorcerer's hat. I mean, all throughout the episode that was going on. So like this season is going to be full of all these questions that need to be answered. Unexpectedness. Unexpectedness. You have the new, you have the old. The hat is, I looked up like what Fantasia when it was made, 1940. So you have a 1940 storyline coming into the mix with a 2013 storyline. That's a pretty good mix, well, especially with what's going on within Storybrooke. I think we're in for a good surprise this coming season. And I like the way that the story continued. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't just, you know, stop and you see them and you and you ask yourself, well, what happened when Elsa walked out of the time portal and when Marion and saw Robin Hood and you, you don't see, we saw the aftermath of all of that. The story continuity stayed the same. Definitely. Maybe Elsa's dress in person didn't stay the same, <laughs> but who cares? It's the story. It's the lady. Just stick with it. Minor details. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's film production. Things are going to happen. And I think that's fun. When you see things like that, I, I kind of like that because it's like, oh, okay. I mm-hmm. see what they did there. Just don't get caught up in in little things like that. Enjoy the story for what it is. Well, I guess this will wrap it up. Uh, I'm looking forward to the new season. I know you are, Addie. Very much. So let's see what's to come in season four of Once Upon a Time. Let's do it. You can always connect with us, not just here on the podcast, by listening to us. Why don't you join us over at beyondstorybrook.com? There's all the links there if you want to join us on the Facebook group, I can give that to you. It's facebook.com slash groups slash Beyond Storybrook. But we'd like to make it easy on you. Just go to beyondstorybrook.com and all the links, everything that we mentioned there is available for you. You can also contact us there. Uh, send us an email. Send us a voicemail. You want to have your voice on this show, whether it's giving us your feedback, your input, how you're feeling about the show. Send us a voicemail. If you want to be on the show with us, send us an email and just say, hey, can I join you guys to discuss, you know, XYZ about Storybrooke and beyond beyond Storybrooke mix up in my own words. But mm-hmm. we, want to, we want you to join us. And that door is always open to whoever wants to join us. And that could be you for next week. So beyondstorybrook.com, that's the best way to connect with us. And once again, huge shout out to all of those that left us a rating and review on iTunes that really helps us a lot to get more Once Upon a Time fans because you know we want to just share the love that we have for this story yeah we really appreciate it and we'll catch you on the next episode bye